Hey, stranger! The Opus is moving out and into a new season as we continue to explore the ongoing legacy of music's most iconic records. I'm your host, Adam Unz, and this season we're celebrating the 45th anniversary of Billy Joel's fifth studio album, The Stranger, a record whose critical and commercial success catapulted the piano man to superstardom. Helping us explore this classic collection are artists like Billy Joel's drummer Liberty DeVito, Regina Spector, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Rozzy, Lissy, The Arkells, Bayside's Anthony Renari, and Ben Folds. Great music shapes lives, shakes rafters, and embeds itself into our culture. So let's find out why only the good die young as we deep dive into The Stranger. The new season is out now and is brought to you by the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy Recordings. Find us at consequence.net or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X.com. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks ever so much for joining me. This week, my guest is Max Burkholder, star of Seth MacFarlane's smash hit show, Ted, who spoke to me about his spark, the classic comedy, Airplane. Max is a lovely guy, and he got really explicit about his connection to Airplane, and as you will hear, it paved the way for a lot of contemporary comedy, including another hit Seth MacFarlane property, Family Guy. Sounds pretty cool, because it is pretty cool. So let's get into it. Quick Max Facts. Max Burkholder is an actor based in Los Angeles, California. He is perhaps best known for his portrayal of Max Braverman in NBC's long-running award-winning series Parenthood. He also played the lead role in Paramount TV's When the Streetlights Go On for director Brett Morgan. You can catch Max in the aforementioned comedy series Ted, which is a prequel to the Seth MacFarlane written and directed films of the same name. Ted is available for your immediate streaming pleasure on Peacock. Quick Airplane Facts. Airplane is a 1980 comedy film written and directed by the brothers David and Jerry Zucker and Jim Abrams in their directorial debuts. It stars Robert Hayes and Julie Haggerty and features Leslie Nielsen, Robert Stack, Lloyd Bridges, Peter Graves, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
It's a parody of the disaster film genre, and it is known for the use of surreal humor and fast-paced slapstick comedy, including visual and verbal puns, gags, running jokes, and dark humor. Released by Paramount Pictures, it was a critical and commercial success, grossing $171 million worldwide against a budget of $3.5 million. And there you have it. Let's scoot on over to the main attraction. Here comes my chat with Max Burkholder about Airplane. Do you remember seeing Airplane for the first time, hearing about it for the first time, any of that stuff? Yeah. The first time I saw Airplane, I remember I was like, I was like six, seven years old, something like that. My dad wanted to show me because it's one of his favorite movies. He loves, you know, like like comedy from that era. And uh, I remember not liking it at all. I was uh, scared of it. Like I didn't understand the jokes. So it was just a thriller to me. You know, like it, you've got you've got people like throwing up eggs and like they're we're we're in a plane and there's no pilot. I remember just being really, really scared of it. And it, it wasn't until like honestly, like 10 years later when I was like 16 or 17 that I watched it again. And I was like, oh, this is like this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I, I think that totally makes sense. Like it is humor that I don't know if kids would necessarily be. It's It's so like joke 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 like a joke machine really coming at you it's so joke dense and the jokes are so dumb and so smart at the same time uh one of my favorite jokes of all time is in that movie uh you know it's the recurring one where he talks about his drinking problem and then splashes himself in the face with water (laughs) like it's just it's so stupid but it's it's genius right and it's the kind of thing i think if you haven't seen that movie before because it's happening so quickly can still take you a beat to be like, what? Oh, oh, that's that's the yeah. gag. Um, so it's exactly what you said. It's like this Venn diagram, the overlap in a Venn diagram of abject stupidity and really, really smart, thoughtful uh, wordplay. Um, some of it's kind of surreal. Some of it just feels like completely surreal, nonsensical. But that's like exa- that overlap is exactly where my sense of humor lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's a, a great place to be. But I mean, you know, I think it's also now that kind of comedy feels pretty commonplace. Yeah. And when this movie came out, especially for a mainstream movie, it really wasn't. And it was something that felt very fresh and new and, you know, kind of took people by surprise, including the studio who didn't really have much faith in it and didn't think it was going to do what it did. Yeah, not at all. But you can really see that influence in so many things. It's not quite the cutaways in Family Guy, but you can see the kind of direct line. The influence there. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. And just thinking about, again, that time when it was, a you know, that year, the two big comedies that were getting pushed were Blues Brothers and Caddyshack. And those were the ones that studios were really focusing on, thinking that those were the big moneymakers. Um, those were going to be the big comedic hits. Yeah. Both fantastic movies. Right. Of course, 100%. But like even even since then, I struggle to think of something exactly like airplane Mm -hmm. airplane is just it's it's just so you know even being a parody of a movie it is so unique and so uh yeah unique is the word yeah yeah and i think a huge part of that 
is down to playing it completely straight. Like it is really silly, but the people who are acting in it, the comedians who are telling these jokes are not really comedians. It's, you know, people like Lloyd Bridges, serious actors who are not known for doing funny stuff. So yeah, just like that kind of straight man. Yeah, and that's that's why that's why it works. That's the only reason it works is because no one in it is in on the joke. Like everybody is just so serious, dead serious. That's the only way comedy can work is if the things that are happening are not funny to the characters. Right, right. Yeah. And um, you know, I think that's a reason why you as a little kid can watch it and think that it's a serious movie and that it's like, oh, this is intense. This is an action thriller. This isn't funny. And so many of the people, I mean, they made a conscious effort to only cast people who were not knowing, known for being funny in the leads. And there were people like uh, Lloyd Bridges who just didn't really get it when they were doing it and were just kind of like, I, this is just weird. I don't understand. This movie's garbage. This is going to be trash. Yeah. Right. Right. And then ends up being the, the biggest thing in any of their careers and kind of helps lots of those people to pivot into doing comedy. Um, you know, mo most notably Leslie Nielsen, who obviously... Who is an absolute treasure. Yeah. 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 And, you know, going on in the same vein with the same people to make the Naked Gun movies, which, I, you know, pushed it a little bit more to the over-the-top silly side and was, you know, more overt comedy. Yes, very much. I think if I had seen Naked Gun when I was six, I would have been like, oh, this is just stupid. I don't think I would have been afraid of it. Yeah, yeah. Very, very silly. Um, And a whole genre came out of it of these, like, silly um parodies where it's... Uh, and, like, the, the, the gags are not just, you know, it's not just... It's word wordplay. Some of it's kind of slapsticky, and some of it's this like bizarre, surreal like jokes that you know you have to kind of uh, try to keep up with them, and you're constantly your brain's like try to get yeah. So yeah, just like all different kinds of comedy, all different kinds of comedy, and it's it's uh, wait, sorry, I just had to make sure the dog wasn't pooping on the carpet. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's mm. it it's. Like a level of intelligence in those jokes that just seems so obvious after you've heard it, mm -hmm. but really, really took a lot of thought, I'm sure, to come up with. Like, you know, what's the line? Uh, we, we've got to get this person to a hospital uh, right away. A, a hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important <laughs> right now. Like, it's yeah. it seems like so obvious and stupid and silly after you've heard it, but it's like... Coming up with that to begin with is it takes takes a certain level of, of of thought and you know understanding comedy right and in those moments in particular it's this kind of yes and you know the person says this thing that's like oh obviously what you were looking for is an explanation of what a hospital is and it isn't that the other person then goes no that's not what I'm talking about they just go along with it and it's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah yep and then you move on to the next okay thing. good thank you thank you for the explanation yes what happens now right right and so the, the whole world just stays very serious the whole time and everyone is so committed to you know making it something that for those characters is very real, even though these absolutely ridiculous things are happening around them. And also just, you know, creating some conventions. I mean, you know, I'm sure I know that there 
was a thing called satire before this movie came out. Of course. But just things like, you know, the two announcers at the airport who are a married couple kind of arguing back and forth. Talking shit to each other. Yeah. Right. And those little things that are like not even a part of the main story. It's not the characters who you're invested in who are doing these things. It's just it's just so joke dense. It's every frame has a joke in it. Like, you know, I re I rewatched it. Uh for this like i think the last time i watched it before that was like a year ago i watch it all the time but i rewatched it a couple days ago for this and like just the scene where you know the the two pilots are talking in the cockpit and there's the dude washing the windshield and like opening up the hood of the airplane you know kareem abdul jabbar just like sneaking in there for a second like there's there's something in every bit like uh the guy reading magazines in the beginning and uh there's a there's a heading in the magazine stand that just says whack off material and it's just <laughs> yeah. porn magazines like there's there's something in every frame right and that's that's also a good point like attention to detail that yeah no matter what's happening, it's, there's always something funny in frame. It can be that there's a really serious conversation going on. And then in the background, something ridiculous is happening. And also that scene with the magazine rack, like it has whack off material as a section. And then the names of all the porn mag magazines are absolutely ridiculous. So not missing a single detail, really wanting to like commit to the whole world being as ridiculous as possible. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's really incredible for the time. Yeah. And, you know, now I think it's still, you know, there yeah. are a, a few select moments that uh, people would probably not uh, want to, to throw in today. But yeah, yeah. Like an old woman saying stewardess, I speak jive like that's that. Yeah, that's not going to fly. Yeah. The one thing that people uh say is not something that would be acceptable today that i still think is absolutely fucking hilarious and maybe this just shows where my brain is uh, more than anything but the kid coming into the cockpit and the pilot saying you know oh have you ever uh, been in a cockpit he's like no he's like have you ever seen a grown man naked and it's just again like this throwaway line that doesn't lead to any more conversation and it's so like what <laughs> and it, it's you have to really be paying attention yeah it stops you dead in your tracks right right and even those performers you know i think maybe the most the hammiest moment is the little girl who's uh you know on the stretcher who has like her iv bag or whatever uh yeah uh detached and she's kind of making a fish face as her way of like uh as uh, a way of showing that she's sick dying yeah but even then you know pretty pretty good kid acting for uh um you know keeping it keeping it toned down and real yeah and it is so amazing to think that that movie i think it was like the fourth highest grossing movie of the year and made absolute tons of money just really changed the way that people thought about comedy as a marketable thing yeah and it really shows like i said how how much uh influence there's been in every form of media that involves comedy in any way yeah in everything i mean like you can see it in pretty much every major successful comedy going forward like you know the thing that comes to my mind first is like anchorman anchorman very much shares the same like style and sense of humor and like commitment to being serious obviously takes it to a whole new 
level in terms of its ridiculousness like the what is it the the sex panda uh in that (laughs) movie where they where they slide down like a rainbow bridge and meet the sex panda but even still you know like there's these like big ridiculous moments but everybody like stays in the commitment of just like no this is like serious and this is what we care about more than anything else right right and i think still the key difference I I absolutely love Anchorman. I think it's amazing. Yes. But it's people who you expect to be funny. And so you are looking at Will Ferrell and you're like, this guy is going to make me laugh. And even when he's committed to being, you know, a serious Anchorman, you're still like, oh, it's him. Whereas with everyone in Airplane, it's like you have never, you know, people had never seen them in anything funny at that point. And it, it is this feeling of like kind of being thrown off kilter because you're not quite sure to begin with maybe if it's like w- what parts are supposed to be funny and what I, I mean, I guess that's that's pretty obvious. But uh, I'm sure there were people who came into that movie not knowing that it was going to be a comedy, like no matter how it was marketed, they saw the cast list and they were just like, oh, like this is going to be a really interesting, serious movie about an airplane. Right. And it's, you know, it's based on uh, a real disaster movie. Yes. Uh, Zero Hour, I believe. Yes. I, this is the magic of the internet. You can look things up while you're talking to people. But the same framework, and I think that's another thing, is like having this underlying story that is basically exactly the plot of an existing disaster movie, but just infusing it with the stupidest things you can imagine, the funniest things that you can imagine, but still holding on to that central story and making it so, I mean, to come back to you as a kid being kind of afraid of it, and it makes sense. It is like there is still tension in it. Yeah, I remember watching it for the first time as a kid, and even through all of, even the silliest stuff being like, oh my God, like when the autopilot comes on and it's, you know, the inflatable doll, I remember as a kid being like, oh, is that, what autopilot is like is like (laughs) just just taking everything as it's being said just because everybody's playing it so straight time for a quick break because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here but we'll be right back have you made the switch to nyx millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from nyx that's k-n-i-x Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. 
So I guess, I, like, just from, you know, digging in a little bit more to your personal relationship to it, how, do you feel the influence of that movie in the work that you do in, you know, your uh, general view of comedy your taste in comedy, those kinds of things? Yeah, definitely. I think not even trying to toot anybody's horn, but I think the the biggest influence on me comedically just in in terms of my sense of humor is like family guy seth MacFarlane stuff like i just i grew up watching it i grew up you know doing voices on it and i think you would be it would be difficult not to see airplanes influence on uh his sense of humor mm -hmm. um and so you know I'm, I'm i'm sort of grandfathered into that in that sense but yeah i think that movie and that sort of style of comedy of just sort of like dead serious, like nobody's in on the joke, very, very much influences me in terms of the comedy that I respond to that I like and in terms of how I approach doing anything comedically, especially in including uh, Ted. Very much the difficulty on set every day was really trying to not find anything funny uh despite the inherent silliness of every scene because there's a talking teddy bear in it right like there's a there's a scene at the end of the second episode where scott grimes who plays my dad is giving like a really impassioned dark traumatic speech about the time he jacked off a dog in vietnam <laughs> uh and at the end of that, I think they cut it, but he improvised a little bit where after that speech, he like reaches out and touches my face. Uh, and I think they had to cut it because there were no good takes because we did it like 30 times and I couldn't not laugh. <laughs> it's it's a real struggle having to be like, I'm yes, I'm I'm here. I'm in this moment. I'm disgusted by my father and I need to support him. Like it's it's tough. It's it's tough trying to lean into the seriousness of that stuff sometimes. Yeah. But also, I mean, I'm assuming it makes it very fun to to work. Yes. And it does make me think. I mean, I, I think after this movie, when people like Lloyd Bridges, who didn't quite understand what was happening when he was on set, finally got it and then was able to move on. And yeah, just being able to fully enjoy that experience like understanding the humor understanding that it's playing it straight but being ridiculous at the same time and really just getting into it and that was one thing about leslie nielsen is that it was kind of the opposite experience he'd always been a serious actor and had you know somebody said oh how is it playing against type to do this and he's like well actually i've always been playing against type because this is who i am really i'm a funny guy i'm the guy who you know is like playing practical jokes on people on set and wanting to do the comedy that is my nature and instead i've been given all these really dry parts so it's like a relief to be able to do this stuff that is super funny and super smart oh yeah and you know in in the vein of what we're talking about, I'm sure he really didn't have to change anything in terms of his style, his preparation, anything like that, because he is the same guy mm -hmm. in those comedies as he was in those dramas. But it's just the situation being different. It's the the character is very much the same. I'm just thinking about a. Uh, what is it like the dockyard scene in uh, in Naked Gun where he's like paying the guy for info 
and then the guy pays him right back for info like mm-hmm. yeah just like absolutely ridiculous and stupid but so so funny he uh what's it called you know him in uh he would be on talk shows he would be on like letterman and uh he would do uh you know like the fart noises Mm -hmm. uh you know those interviews so he wasn't using a whoopee cushion he didn't like whoopee cushions he didn't think they were useful enough or um sounding like farts enough so working with somebody he designed uh what's called a fart bag which is like a little thing and it fits in your palm and that's what he would use on those and uh there was a there was a sound guy on ted who always had one uh greg and he would just like every time he would kneel down to like check your your mic pack or something he would like do it and be like oh shit sorry that's <laughs> that's so embarrassing and then he got me i loved it so much he got me one for my birthday and i carry them around with me now all the time <laughs> these little fart bags you can buy them in like packs of 32 it's wild <laughs> like you can get them sent to your house if they're i recommend it for anybody listening like get get some fart bags and 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 start using them i guess you know that shows what an essential item they are and that it's something you know you kind of have to have with you at all times yeah you gotta you know like when i'm leaving the house i check my pockets okay phone wallet keys fart bag okay i'm good to go yeah <laughs> ready for my day yeah and i also like the implication that you need that many of them because you have to keep them fresh they have to you have to have new ones to yeah. really you know yeah. um get the best noises out of them they do they do break down kind of easily i mean it depends uh, on how much you use them but you know, if you're like me and you're using them a hundred times a day, uh, they last for about three weeks, something like that. Mm. Uh, but I also just like, I, I use them as like a fidget toy. So like, I'm just like sitting, doing some work and just, <laughs> yeah, it's just perfect. Um, I also like the idea of Leslie Nielsen being a, uh, real pioneer in the world of fart noises um feels like that should be something that's taught in school yeah you know i mean an engineer yeah learning about benjamin franklin and electricity and then straight into leslie nielsen and uh fart noises should be in history books yeah absolutely yeah um he also during this movie on set had was carrying them around with him and was making fart noises constantly uh, just like in between takes and you know kind of get people going i didn't know that that's great yeah yeah and the moment, I mean, you know, the obvious, uh, you know, if there is one kind of catchphrase for the whole movie, I think don't call me Shirley was the thing that kind of stuck out in people's minds. And to me, just watching him do it, it's like, ah, a star is born. Yes, it's it's such a great joke. My dad quotes it constantly. He uses that joke all the fucking time. Uh, sorry, I don't know if I can curse on this. You can. Yes, please. <laughs> Sweet. I got media training before all of the uh, the press for Ted, and they were just like, don't curse, no cursing, it's not allowed. Uh, we like to use the SDH rule, uh, shit damn hell. Like, you can say those, but <laughs> nothing else. So it's, it's relieving. I curse a tremendous amount in casual conversation. Yeah, I think that's the way it should be, and this is a very fuck-friendly show. So, uh, you know, as much as you want uh fire away sweet yeah like again i saw it when i was little i was scared of it i didn't really get the comedy of it and then until i saw it again as like a teenager my dad would use that quote constantly i'd be like what the fuck are you talking i didn't call you Shirley. <laughs> what are you what are you saying 
Yeah. I think that is another good point, though. You know, the don't call me Shirley moments. It is like the really silly ones, the rapid fire, like, what the fuck was that? The kind of surreal things. And then just packed with dad jokes, packed with like really stupid puns that you still, it's just like the momentum of the laughter and the silliness is so relentless that you just go with it. Even if they're jokes that would make you kind of groan in real life, it's like, ugh, bring it on. Yeah. It's like in the first 15 minutes, like I've heard somebody talk about like comedies and especially stand up, but just sort of comedy in general as like people come into it daring you to make them laugh like people have a barrier of just like oh oh what you think you think you're funny like make me laugh (laughs) and in like the first 10 minutes of airplane it just breaks down that barrier that everybody comes into comedies with like it's just it's so relentless and the pace is so fast that you don't have time to think sort of like you're saying and then once that barrier is down it doesn't matter how stupid the joke is you're just like all right like I'm in. I already laughed. Like, here we go. Let's just see where this takes us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that is a perfect note uh, to finish on. Um, This has been so much fun. I love getting to talk about silly, ridiculous comedy that makes me happy. And uh, this very much qualifies. So thank you very much. Thanks for making time for me. Thank you, man. Absolutely. I'm glad we can make it work. I hope you are feeling better. I am. This is, you know, if you'd ever heard my voice before, this is about two octaves lower than it normally is. But um, I (laughs) think it it gives me a little kind of uh, James Earl Jones uh, gravitas. So, you know. Yes, absolutely. Lord Vader. Yes. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. You too. Yay! Thanks again to Max for chatting with me. You can and should watch him in TED, which is streaming now on Peacock. Okay, quick spark of the week from me. Uh, Hope you're ready for me to kill the vibe of an episode about comedy. Well, here I go. (laughs) Um, I saw Jonathan Glazer's film, The Zone of Interest, and it's really excellent and really fucking harrowing. It's broadly about an SS commandant and his family living a relatively mundane existence in a house directly across the street from Auschwitz. Sounds fun, right? Uh, but seriously, I love Jonathan Glazer's work. Um, and I think he's only directed three other films. Um, so it's always an event when he releases something. Uh, the zone of interest is loosely based on a Martin Amos novel, but he kind of ignores that story and really just took the basics of the story that it was based on and constructed the film around testimonies taken from the Auschwitz archives about Rudolf Haas the longest-serving commandant of Auschwitz and his wife, Hedwig. There isn't a lot in the way of plot in this movie, um, which is kind of par for the course for Jonathan Glazer, but it's so skillfully done and really just gives you the feeling of what it was like for people to be so close to and directly benefiting from the horrors of the Holocaust and having this ability to just kind of carry on about their business as if everything that's happening is perfectly normal. It's got a brilliant cast, which uh, includes Sandra Huller, who I loved so much in Anatomy of a Fall. Jonathan Glazer's visual style is so incredible, and there's also this stark, minimalist soundtrack Um, by Mika Levy, and that adds a lot of dread and despair to the already dreadful and despairing proceedings. You know, obviously it's not a fun watch, but it is really, really excellent. Um, It won the Palme d'Or at Cannes last year, um, deservedly so. So yeah, check it out.
And that's about it for this week. Please follow me on social media at Spark Parade. Please rate the show five stars and leave me a cute little review wherever you can. And until next time, bye. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X.com. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save